everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Scoreboard, a USC Annenberg Media podcast. Today, we have our amazing podcasters with us, Brooke Rohde, Eli Kleinman, and Alex Maria. Everyone, it's been a pretty exciting week for USC, and something to really get excited about here is the USC football schedule being released Everyone, I want to hear, what are your main takeaways and thoughts when you see this schedule? I mean, I can start. So I think the consensus about this schedule is that it is a really favorable schedule for USC. And I agree with that. They have a bye before they have to travel to Notre Dame. They get Utah at home. They have UCLA at home. Stanford's at home. And they have no Friday games this season. But I think... People have to be cautious because I think the Pac-12 schedule is actually more challenging than it may seem. First of all, Stanford played a, had a solid season last year, winning their last four games. And Utah has become transfer U in the Pac-12, scooping up transfers from a lot of Big 12 teams, including Baylor's Charlie Brewer, quarterback T.J. Pledger, the running back from Oklahoma. And then... A team like Arizona State with the uh, developing quarterback in Jaden Daniels, he's a problem. And frankly, USC shouldn't have even beaten Arizona State last year. So while the schedule is favorable in terms of how it turned out, I think we have to be cautious looking forward at USC and what they will do in this schedule because I think it is more challenging than people may give it credit for. I see where you're coming from, Eli. I totally agree on that. I think first off, we got to acknowledge, like you said, that this is our first uh, football schedule since 2009 that we haven't had any Friday games and I feel like we can't ignore that they're on the schedule this year we have no Oregon and no Washington which is huge going back to that ASU game that you're talking about I think that's probably going to be our toughest road game on the season kind of based on how we performed last year barely scrapping that first week one that was kind of embarrassing for our USC team not the best way to start that was a tight um, game yeah, for sure. Obviously, looking at Utah, too, Eli, what you said, Utah has been one team that I feel like has almost been overlooked since last season. They've been one of the most consistent teams in the Pac-12, kind of going 58-27 and 27 since 2014 and have been in three Pac-12 championships since then. So that's definitely not going to be a game that we can ignore late in the season when um, we're going to have our game up against Notre Dame coming in after that bye in early October. So... That's where USC, I think, is going to have to separate themselves is those two early games in October and those final two games in the season against UCLA and BYU. I agree. And one thing I want to see from USC this year, I want to see them get that run game established. I want to see them use our talented running backs. You know, take some pressure off of Keaton, take some pressure off of our receivers and, you know, make the defense work a little harder to guard us. That way we can throw and we can run. So I really want to see that this season. That's an excellent point. Absolutely. You know, as far as uh, Stephen Carr and Vi, I really, really, if they're back, I really want to see them. Can't forget Keenan Christian. I feel like he's overlooked. I'm kind of biased because he's on the track team. Super speedy guy, super shifty off the ball. I feel like I always think about his first game in 2019 against Arizona when it was one of his first snaps and he ran the ball all the way back for a touchdown. Um, Yeah, he's also somebody that we got to look at too. 
100%. USC has an extremely talented backfield, and they need to utilize that for sure. Uh, those are some great takeaways for sure. I definitely agree that this schedule, I think it is more difficult than people think. And I think that works in the Trojans' favor because they actually have a chance to prove to the college football playoff committee that they can hang with the big dogs and make some noise and have a chance to actually make it into the college football playoffs. And once you've done that... You never know what can happen. They can go all the way. So I, I like this schedule a lot for them. Uh, personally, I'm really excited for USC versus Notre Dame. I think that's going to be a massive game. What games are you most looking forward to this season? I think one game, obviously, you can't ignore the Notre Dame game. That's going to be a really big game for our Trojans to really get their um, slot in the college football playoff. I feel like Notre Dame's one of those teams that is kind of always in contention for the playoffs. So if we're able to hold our own and beat Notre Dame coming off that bye, which honestly I think is a really big thing for our Trojan team because that'll give us a week to rest, recover, look at film, and get ready to travel to Notre Dame because obviously like, that's going to be tough. Um, one game I'm actually really excited for is the ASU game. I mean, I feel like last year – like, we just need some redemption from last year, and that's going to be one of our toughest games this year against a really good team uh, coached by Herm Edwards and then Antonio Pierce co coaching the defense. Um, that's just going to be a big game for us. I think that's going to really separate us, um, and yeah. So, Brooke picked the Arizona State game. I'm going to pick the UCLA game. UCLA brings 96% of their production from last season back. They were a... a team that was better than the record indicated last year. I don't think they lost by more than one possession. If if anything, it was definitely not by more than single digits. So they're certainly going to be a threat bringing all that back. And with me picking the UCLA game and Brooke picking Arizona State, I think an in, a game that USC has to watch out for is a trip to Berkeley because it's a Cal team that has improved Cal. under Justin Wilcox. And you just three... Cal? Just three, just three years ago, Cal traveled to the Coliseum. No USC fan gave them a chance, and they pulled off a huge upset in a disappointing season for USC. So I think when you have two games that USC is going to be really focused on, I think you have to watch out for the game in, in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for all the games that we played last season that we won last second. That's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to see, you know, how we improve on that, but... I'm partial to a good rivalry game, so of course I'm excited for the UCLA game. But like Brooke said, Notre Dame, they're just, they're always fun to play there. If we beat them, you know, it shows USC's a competitor, a real competitor. I'm Absolutely. hoping, Alex, I agree on what you're saying in that part where, like, last year it was so fun to, like, sit on the edge of your seat, like, seeing if you're going to win. But that shouldn't even be a contender for this USC team. If we're really going to be talking about winning a national championship, we should be blowing these teams out of the water. I can't I always think about the game back in 2019 against Colorado where we only won against we only won by 4 points and I don't think Colorado has ever beat our USC team. So I feel like with us going back to Colorado this year, that's going to be a really big test for us to see if we're going to actually going to be able to show this Colorado team who USC is, why we should be the best team in the Pac-12. And I think with this schedule if USC can't win the Pac-12 South title, it's going to be a really big disappointment, and I think that's really going to cause Chloe Helton to be on his edge of his seat, maybe even getting the boot. So it's going to be a big wow. test for Helton this year. 
That's uh, that's a take right there for sure. And no, oh, you yeah. know this USC team, they need to. I said it last year, and they didn't. They they need to dominate. It was a lot of fun to watch. They were proving they can get those close wins. Uh, it sure. was a crazy, crazy COVID nineteen season. But you know, hoping things are better by this time next uh, when the season starts. They definitely need to really dominate this season and, and even try to win 10 of those games, you know, and try to take the title because Pac-12 teams often get overlooked. Uh, some good news is that Clay Helton did say Keaton, Slofin, Keaton Slovis is looking healthier and stronger and he will be back. So that's going to be exciting. But... Another team that is looking strong after their latest win, even though they've had some mishaps, is the USC men's basketball team. Uh, they play UCLA in their last game of the season. So what does, you, what does USC need to do in that game to end this season right? And what do we think of them heading into the playoffs? It's defense. It's always defense with this team. I mean, you look at what they did to Stanford, holding them to 17 first-half points. I mean, it, that's the key to success. I'm not saying they can hold UCLA to 17 first-half points. I, I think that is a little asking too much. But when you in the last five games, USC has lost three of them, three of the last four before Stanford. And the problem with those games was giving up too many points in a half. They gave up 44 points and a half to Utah, 42 points to Colorado in one half, and 44 to Arizona. This is a team that only averages giving up 32 and a half points per, per half all season. So they need to be around that average, if not lower than that average, if they have a chance to beat UCLA on Saturday. I really see where you're coming from, Eel. Obviously, the defense is... Sometimes you win the game with your defense, not even your offense. But on top of that, obviously, the defense needs to be on par. But I feel like we also need to get our players to be shooting better. Last night against Stanford, we had three players in double figures with Edie with 16. Pearson on track for a triple-double early in the game with 15 points. And then, um, yeah, just like our Taj Edie, Drew Peterson, Evan Mobley, we just need all of our players hot for Sunday because looking back at that, those two mountain games where we just – lost those last two mountain games obviously drew peterson had a good game against utah with 19 points but taj ed only had four points if he can get hot from three if he can get those shots up get that field goal percentage up i think that's going to cause other players on a usc team to follow and i think once we get into a rhythm and start being smart with the ball and controlling it on the floor and in the paint that's where we're going to be able to succeed yeah, I think this was a good game. I Like you said, Eli, though, it's going to come down to defense. You know, sometimes we're on or sometimes we're off. And I think it's important to note that, you know, Stanford was missing their top scorer that game. So it's interest, it's, it'll be interesting to see how USC takes that game and learns from it and, you know, takes what they did defensively into our next game. Absolutely. You know, I think that, USC lately, they've been playing, as I said, it, it was almost mishap. The regular season is the regular season. The playoffs are the big show. The regular season, your team like USC has been this year, is fine-tuning for the playoffs. Actually, Phil Hand, the assistant Lakers coach, tweeted that out yesterday, a very honest take on the regular season, that teams who aren't going to go to the playoffs, celebrate your regular season wins. If you are, fine-tune for the playoffs. So, personally, I'm not 
worry about USC after these games. Uh, and especially yesterday, their defense was out of control. You know, it, it's such a feel-good win for them just to get that, to see what they can do even against a team that doesn't have their leading scorer, holding them to 17 points in the first half. Yeah, I mean, crazy. that's really, really good. One thing that has been of concern, and again, you know, my take, I'm not concerned because it's the regular season, but the Mobley brothers have not been playing quite like the Mobley brothers in these last yeah. few games. Do any I of you have any concerns or what do you make of this? I don't have too much concern when it comes to the Mobley brothers. I think, I mean, we can't expect, obviously Evan Mobley's going to be probably a one-and-done player going into the league next year, but, I mean, Isaiah is kind of coming off of a an injury. He's had some issues, but I think slowly but surely, if they can get their confidence up again, like the whole USC team did last night, I Skyler, I totally agree. Like, I think last night it was just a much-needed confidence booster for our USC team. It's really tough to come off of two hard losses and bounce back and just dominate. So I think for me, the Mobley brothers just need to still be able to hold their own under the basket. Evan Mobley just needs to do what he's been doing all season when it comes to rebounding the ball and just driving driving the lane and going for those big dunks because this guy is just, when he's hot, he's just unstoppable. So I think in order for our team just to be a whole rounded successful team, we need our Mobley brothers on par and be able to communicate like they have all season. Yeah, I agree completely with you, Brooke, but also when they aren't, you know, the super Mobley brothers, you got players like Drew Peterson stepping up and you have our talented bench. And I think that's what makes us strong. Totally. Uh, you know, I think the Mobley brothers can figure it out. And I think they will at certain times. But unfortunately in March, it only takes one bad game to end your season. And I think there is concern because they have had those one bad games more than just once this season. And that's all it will take. I mean, yes, there are other players around the Mobley brothers, but when Evan is playing well, USC is winning basketball games. And when he's not, USC is struggling to get wins. And teams have shown the ability to shut him down. I mean, a seven-footer who is one of the top prospects coming out of high school and is probably going to be a top-five pick in the NBA draft, it is a little shocking how easily teams like Utah have been able to absolutely contain him. But I think there is, there should be confidence because I think he is still one of the most talented players in the country and can assert that dominance. And if he does so, USC can make a deep run into March. March wow. is here, March Madness. Never know. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, um, with the Mobley brothers, it, it does take one bad game. That's something to remember. So it's, it's going to be a lot of the mental game for them because they've proven they can play like absolute superstars, especially Evan. So it'll be really knowing where they are and keeping that going. But uh, speaking of tournaments, we have the USC Trojan women's basketball team, the women of Troy, uh, playing Stanford today at our time of recording. And so uh, Eli actually entered this topic as being with the season almost over. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic and say that, uh, you know, there, there's a dumb, dumber quote. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's still a chance because the game hasn't happened at this time of recording. So uh, regardless, you know, what can this Women of Troy team do to try and pull out the miracle win against Stanford, especially after such a big win to make it to the quarterfinals? 
I think one thing they just need to do, which they did against uh, Arizona State last night, was come out hot. They shot 70% in the first half compared to the Sun Devils' 29%. When I turned on the game yesterday and I was just blown away, I was they were looking unstoppable in the first five minutes of the game. 9-0 run to start. Shots were going in, forcing turnovers on the Devils. The bench was going crazy. All the commentators were like, holy crap, this bench is like, they're, they're making the biggest noise and there's no one in the stadium. So... I think, obviously, you can't ignore Stanford. Number number four team in the country. They beat us twice this season, pretty much blown us out of the water. But I think we got to have a little bit of hope for our women of Troy to come out hard, get Edna Rogers and Jordan Jenkins to shoot like they did yesterday. Because I feel like Edna Rogers, the past couple day, games, hasn't been shooting shooting well. And I feel like yesterday she came out of her, out of her socks shooting and hitting threes. So I think the women of Troy will slightly have a chance if they're able to hold their own in the first half. I mean, they're, I'm sorry. I think this team is a lot of potential. There is no chance they beat Stanford. Look. Like, I'm just trying to show some optimism. I appreciate optimism. I'm just going to – you can take optimism. I'll take realism. Because the okay. realistic the, – the truth is that there's no chance. USC has not been able to rebound the ball all season. Stanford's bigs are going to be on the glass all game. USC shot 70% in the first half yesterday, and it was an incredible shooting performance, especially from India Rogers, who was really struggling as of late. She had only scored 18 points in her last three games, and yeah. yesterday she scored 15 points. So that, that's a much-needed improvement, but Stanford's just too good. They have too many good players for USC to deal with, and you know, frankly, a problem with USC is they love to play this zone on defense, and the zone causes them to give up open shots. And that's what has happened all season is they've given up way too many three-pointers. And on the other end, teams like to play zone against USC because they really struggle to find ability to score when other teams do so. So I think there's no chance, but I think USC has a very bright future. I just don't think it begins today. No hope. Absolutely no hope. I mean, I I think it can be done. It's going to be tough. It's going to be an uphill battle, but don't count them out. I agree. I think if they come out hot, that's good. Set the tempo and keep it going from there. And, you know, one thing that they're doing well is clearly moving the ball. We had four Trojans last night in double digits, so clearly they're getting the ball around. And one thing that will help them, I think, is if they can get to the free throw line. They're pretty solid at the free throw line, so I think if they can draw the fouls, they they will have a chance. Absolutely, yeah, Alex. You know, you make some really good points there in the sense that I actually covered USC's game against Stanford earlier this season, where they lost by 20, but, you know, late in the game, they pulled within 11 and were doing pretty well in that second half. They just got dominated right at the start of the game. So it's a combination, what Brooke said about coming out hot, and they also got out-rebounded so badly on the offensive glass. So I think Angel Jackson and Alyssa Peely will need to have a big presence on the boards if they want to pull out this game. Um, and, you know... Again, though, now we'll go with more so what Eli wanted to talk about, which is uh, regardless, no matter what happens, the season will be over soon because it's that time of year, whether it's today, whether it's another day. So what are the main takeaways 
that you guys think of with this Women of Troy team from this season and going into next season? I think one of the main takeaways is that we should be excited. I feel like I talked to Mark Track earlier in the season that this team is young. Um, we only have one senior. I think she was a grad transfer, but all of our all of our starters and basically all of our top players are underclassmen, soft, freshmen, sophomore, juniors. So that means that they still have a lot to learn, a lot to grow. They have a lot of coaching to be done. So if they're able to be consistent over the summer and in the offseason and really get down their defense, really get that team culture back back in, being able to rebound the ball, like Eli said, really being aggressive under the glass and under the basket, I think this team is going to be someone to watch next year. Obviously, this year, they struggled in a lot of games when it came to their turnovers, when it just came to shooting from the field in general. They only averaged around 60 points per game, which, I mean, is pretty solid for their team, but compared to other Pac-12 opponents, that's pretty low. Um, So I think there's just a lot of ways that they can improve, but I think regardless, even though they're only, I think, 11-11 and on the season this year, where they could have definitely avoided a few key losses there's a lot to look forward for next season and i'm super excited to see what our women of troy can really do see that's something i can get behind All i right. am excited there for next hey. season. i wow. think this team has a lot of potential you know what i said that last two weeks ago too that this i like this where this team's head and i really do because there are rebounding problems and hopefully they can work on them in the off season because coach track is been talking about them every single game. It, it doesn't matter if they win or they lose, they somehow find a way to get out-rebounded, which is a huge problem. Arizona State grabbed 20 offensive rebounds yesterday in a loss. So that, that's a concern. But I really like the pieces that this team has. You know, someone who's d- turning into a star is freshman forward Jordan Jenkins. She yeah. didn't play until January. And since then, She's been an excellent role player, and in the last two games, she's put up double figures in both. And what she does is not only does she score, but she does it so efficiently, and that's such an important key. And I guess my final point is, and what really makes me hopeful for next season, is the offense I saw yesterday. It wasn't just that shots were going in, because frankly, I I think it matters less whether shots go in, whether you're getting good shots, and that's what they were doing. They found a way to find open shooters, and this team is not big enough inside to compete with the best teams in the Pac-12. What they need to do is they need to drive inside and kick out, and that's what Coach Track was so happy with yesterday. And a player of note is Allison Muir. She is one of the best shooters on the team. She played significant minutes yesterday, and she hit three threes. Yeah, and so if she can contribute next season and moving forward, I think this team is going to be in a great place. Absolutely. I think they're only going to improve. I think one thing I want to see from them is I want to see them work on their three-point shooting. And also, you know, if their three-point shooting isn't there, I want to see them work it in, you know, find that open shots where you're getting those good shots in, like you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you know, those are some really great takeaways for sure. And uh, before we go here, you know, shout out to the women of Troy this season, no matter what happens and going into next season as well. Uh, I definitely want to see, you know, Madison Campbell was a sharp shooting three point shooter at the beginning of the season. And I'd, I'd love to see that back for sure. And other, other than that, you know, I think, yeah, just cleaning up the glass. Uh, Mark Track is a great coach, and they will get it together. Uh, we'll see who they retain. But for now, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much for checking out the scoreboard.